you just dress. I don't. I have no idea what to expect. It is a grown woman's mermaid class at a swimming pool. Pass. <laughs> wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. It's time to laugh at our sorrows, fairy fail spam. Comes out of nowhere. I know. Comes out of nowhere. All right. I wish I could. I wish I was that clever. Wakey, wakey. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of the Fairy Fails Podcast is brought to you by Pornhub. Pornhub is the world's leading free porn site. Choose from millions of hardcore videos that stream quickly and in high quality, including amazing virtual reality porn, studio exclusives, and the best amateur community on the internet. Use the promo code FAIRYFAILS to receive 20% off your Pornhub premium membership for a limited time only. It's not too late to throw away your life. Pornhub.com. Oh my god, I wish this was real. <laughs> Does anyone have a Pornhub connection? <laughs> Hannah, do you have a memory of a favorite fairy tale growing up? Yes. Um, I My favorite one was Sleeping Beauty, which is kind of funny because basically that bitch just gets to sleep through the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> but I liked that one because in the beginning, she gets to go live in the woods with like three dope ass fairy godmothers that are like, teach her how to sew and do all all kinds of woodland shit. And then she just like happens upon a prince in the woods, doesn't go through any of the bullshit. And then just like, they are decided to get married. I think that's how it goes. And then, then I guess they kiss her to wake her up. Yeah, but they they meet before that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, this is a fairy tale I'm not at all connected to. Mm. I don't even really remember. I think I just really liked her name, Aurora. <laughs> and I couldn't I really have even told you it. that. Oh, yeah. Come on now. But I mean, and then like, yeah, she basically just gets to sleep through the all the battles, like <laughs> the dragon from the evil stepmother and like the prince defeats them. The, the, and like he wait, he goes and kisses her and wakes her up. And then that's it. She's she slept through all the rejection. She slept through all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can really connect what to What a that. bitch. <laughs> and then she was like assaulted in her sleep. Yeah, yeah. Which I can also... I'm just kidding. No. But that just sounds like a much easier way to find true love. Were you, but were you going to say I can also relate to yeah, that? Yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an anti-roofie. Who right, hasn't been there? Right. An anti-roofie situation. Like the opposite of getting roofied is to yeah. like start asleep and then wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I am not even going to add to that because there's a lot of things I could say. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's the one that I remember being my favorite when I was a kid. Um, I don't know that I like really like aspired to it necessarily, but I liked that one a lot. Um, that and uh, Swan Lake. I was super into that because I watched that every time I went to my grandparents' house. But that's the one where she's like, turns into or she's a swan and then she turns into a princess the, like, yeah like the, the whole sparkle oh yeah absolutely and me and that. yeah the transformation part i was super into it was Greg, like you, you mean one, one day um no you can't you can't think of well i like the lion king but the, i don't think that's a fairy tale are you simba it's Am just I a Simba? Disney movie. Like when you watch Lion King. <laughs> yeah, do you, you feel like you're No, I definitely identified with Timon and Pumbaa Timon. the most. Both of them combined. Yes. Because I fart a lot and I'm a smart ass. <laughs> you were Timon and Pumbaa. Both <laughs> a combination. To Pumbaa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I also think it's funny because anytime you ask someone what their favorite fairy tale is, we 
our generation is all like Disney movies. What mm-hmm. Disney movie is your favorite? Because mm-hmm. that's essentially what they write. Right. That's what you're asking. Right. Yeah. Although Swan Lake was not Disney. I do remember that. It's a Disney movie. Mine was Beauty and the Beast. Mine too. It's the first movie I ever saw. In just the theaters. embracement, mm. just embracing bestiality. It's <laughs> <laughs> your love of animals. It's my love of animals. It's, it's um, love somebody for who they are, like mm. in the inside kind of thing. I didn't connect to that at all. But love then there's kidnapping. Big furry cock. Right? What? Like somebody yeah. kidnaps you and then you fall in love with them. Like how mentally... Fucked are we here? Stockholm syndrome, much? I feel like there's kidnapping in all of the princess stories. There's all sorts of dark undertones in in fairy tales, which I guess leads us to Hannah's story. Mm. Mm. Tight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So our plan with episode two is to we we heard from Greg last week, and now we're going to hear from Hannah and and kind of go in a circle and introduce our own stories, kind of our own stories of rejection before we, we start doing what we really want to do. And that's hearing from other people. Um, but we think it's, it's fair to do it first, right? No one's going to open up to us if we don't open up. Yeah. I mean, the, the couple of people I've talked to about doing this are, they're, um, a little bit hesitant to say their worst moments on air. Mm -hmm. So might as well kick it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I do feel like I'm. it's kind of weird saying this story to you guys because y'all re- already know it. And most of our um, kind of friends, close most of my close friends already know it. So sorry for the repeat. But um, yeah, my story starts out, I was really young. I feel like I should be more descriptive because Greg was so descriptive in his last one. So like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do what he did. The scene, it's 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing low-rise jeans. <laughs> Dim franchise boys is blasting on my shitty car radio. <laughs> <laughs> and anyways, I think I went to church camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this guy that I'm talking about, my fairy fail is like the first person I was ever in a serious relationship with. Also the first person I ever had sex with. Um, but he, and we'll call him Jay. Everyone knows his name. That's going to hear this, but it's fine. So, um, I see, I meet Jay at church camp for the first time. And that's when I was like, became like super infatuated with this person and like, was like it, I was head over heels and I was like 17, 16 or 17. And, um, but he was, we didn't ever actually date. We were just like friends and had the same group of friends. And then like through a series of dramatic high school events, we end up dating my senior year of high school. And I have sex with him and he's kind of shitty that whole time. <laughs> like, not Me surprising. Um, he's just like, you know, he's like, a, he was like a player. Like he was like d- talking to other girls for sure. He was like, just kind of shitty, like just general fuckboy shittiness. Right. Like as, but he was also 18, 19 too. So like, I don't know. Um, but he was a freshman in college and so we would still see each other a lot because it was easy to see each other because he lit, he lived in college station and I was in Katy. It wasn't a hard, it was an hour away. Um, so that first like year ish, it was okay. Like he was kind of generally shy. I don't know what he did in college, but, um, the relationship didn't took like more of a turn or got more serious. My, after I graduated high school, um, he just like came home one day or told, he called me one day in like may or june and he was like i joined the army (laughs) i was like what what yeah (laughs) and i was like 
what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, um, I go to basic training in July. Like, I wasn't feeling this college thing, I guess. And, like, he's like, yeah, um, I want to serve or something. And I remember being, like, pissed a little bit. But I did, I would never have told him that. Like, I was, like, eight, like 17 or 18. I was just like, whatever you want to do. Like, he could have been mm. like, I'm moving to Africa. And I'd be like, okay, how do we get there? Like, I just didn't care. <laughs> I was just down for whatever he was down for. And so, um, and also, like, the military didn't seem like a stretch for him. He was, like, very type A, kind of self-disciplined anyway. And, like... I was like, yeah, that might be good for you because he had a lot of fucking issues that he kind of could have sorted out there. Um, so I was excited for him and he was really excited. His whole family like rallies behind him. And like, I remember like really clinging to this idea of like, like he's like going to serve and like sacrificing for his country. Like this is very patriotic, so romantic, whatever. And I needed to cling to that because like we were, he was about to leave for six months mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know how the fuck it's going to work otherwise. And so I like get very unwrapped up in this idea. Um, and then he, um, so he leaves for basic training in July and I start my freshman year of college at Texas state. And um, we're like writing letters back and forth to each other. I have like stacks and stacks of letters in my dorm room from him. Mm. And at first they're all really positive. And then like a couple months in, it starts to take like this very dark turn. And um, he's like, mm. I hate, I, he's like, I hate it here. I miss my family. I miss you. I want to leave. Like, I'll start saying stuff like that. And I'm like, you can't, like, I didn't even, you can't leave. <laughs> like, you're already there. You know, I was like, I miss you too. But, you know, I, I think you should stick this out. Like, you've already made a commitment, like, blah, blah, blah. So then he eventually, like, one of his letters, he was like, I'm leaving. I'm doing, I, he was like, I'm, I forget the term for it. It's like, refuse to train or something like that. Um, I don't even know what it's called. Defect? It's well, no, that's when you're like dishonorably discharged. He was honorably discharged. And so like a month later, he just like shows back up in Katie. Was he a conscientious, conscientious objector? Well, I think you have to be in war for it to be like that, but he was still in training. So like, huh. I th he just like refused to train, which weirdly enough, we know someone else who did this. Mundo. Yeah. And I hey, was Mundo. like, yeah, sup, Mundo, shout out. But he's like a very normal, normal put together person. So I thought it was interesting, like how different, well, ish. <laughs> love you Mundo, hey, Mundo. Uh, and um so I don't know anyways uh he refused to train was honorably discharged and like came back to Katie and was, like living at his mom's again like the end of my freshman mm -hmm. my my first semester of freshman year and then I moved dorms and we spend like another semester like doing this long distance thing during which things just kind of keep getting worse like he's like getting like angrier like he would just like be really shitty I would come home to see him and like he would like we would always get into these huge fights and it was, it was pretty bad and it was really up and down. And then, um, end of my freshman year comes around and I'm going to move off campus. And he's like, well, I'm going to move to San Marcos. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to live together. <laughs> and so I'm like 19, like hunting for apartments for me and him. And it was, it was so such a bad fucking idea. And so, <laughs> We move, we find an apartment, like the shittiest shithole apartment on Thorpe Lane in San Marcos. And it was like $500 a month. And I still couldn't afford it. Like it was so <laughs> shitty. And and I have, I was the only one with a job at the time. And then I got two jobs. So I had two jobs and I was in summer school and he was like looking for a job. What were your jobs? I worked at a hair salon called um, Classic Cuts. Shout out to Brian and Sapin. Who and I then, later... Who, yeah, now you know Brian. Works with. Um, yeah, yeah. He... <laughs> Jesus. 
Yeah, I worked for them at Classic Cuts, and then I also worked at Victoria's Secret in the Outlet Mall, which, fuck that place. That place is a fucking hellhole. Anyone who's ever had to work there knows exactly what I'm talking about. It was, like, Panties on panties on panties. I was just sorting panties for hours at a time, and kids are, like, pissing on the ground. Like, it's just fucking, it's a- So you're working your ass off. He's doing what in your apartment? I don't know. He's, well, so that's, okay. So he's looking for a job. I do believe he was. Um, how hard he was looking for it, I don't know. But, like, he was looking for a job. His money from the army at this point had, like, run out. Like, so, like, he mm-hmm. had gotten money for signing on and, like, all this shit. And then it had, it was run out. So he's looking for a job. And, um, but it's, it's funny because it kind of reminded me of your story. Like, mm-hmm. it would be, like, I come home and I had been working my ass off. I'm exhausted. And I'm, like leaving my shit everywhere and he's having to pick it up and he's pissed off about that. So that was like the first thing we would start fighting about is like, I'm messy. He's not, he has a lot more time to be pissed off that I'm messy. Like, you know, like all this shit. So it starts like we start, our fights start escalating at that point and they get worse and worse and worse to the point where like he's screaming at me over like rice in the, in a dish that I left in the Mm. sink, you know? And it's like really, really crazy. Um, And so and I I think it started, I think it was like maybe a couple months of that before it got physical. And then he would just like, I remember it was over. Um, I tried to put a picture up that he didn't want. He didn't like the picture. And I just put it up when he was at home, knowing he didn't want it up. Mm-hmm. And he came home and he punched the picture and it shattered. And then there was glass everywhere. And he shoved me down on the ground and then I cut myself on the glass. And um, that was like, and then I was pissed. And then there were a couple what other times. What was the picture? Why? It was like a picture that... I had found in the art department at Texas state. So like I was in, this is when I still wanted to be an artist. And so mm. I was like, um, I was in the design room and I found somebody had thrown it out. So someone's artwork, but I thought it was great. And I just wanted to keep it in our apartment. And he was like, no, it's shitty. <laughs> and um, so he, he didn't want it up there or something. And so mm. he, it, he shattered it. And then um, I don't know, it started getting worse and worse. And like, I, but the weird part is, and when I look back on it as I was never scared of him, like he would like, like, I thought he was pathetic, (laughs) to be honest. Like I was never scared. I was like, fuck you. I was just angry. I was enraged at the whole situation that he thought he could treat me like that, but I wasn't leaving at the same time. So it was kind of ridiculous, but like, he would like shove me in the wall and like, there'd be a dent in the wall. And I would just like, be like, fuck you. Like, I'm so mad, but I was never scared. He was really gonna like, really hurt me even though he was um until eventually it got to a point where I I was really trying to keep it together like I was trying to keep up his standards at home where I had to like everything had to be perfect and I couldn't like leave a dish out and I was also working all the time I was drinking those fucking red line drinks do you remember those those I was drinking one of those every day Every day wow. for what like is that four a five months. Hour energy or something? Oh no, it's so much worse. Like People I felt like hospitalized. Yeah, yeah. I would drink one every day for like three months, I w- and I would like be shaking at work because I was just like trying to like get, trying to do my homework, pass this class, get to my second shift, and then come home and clean up because I was mm. terrified. Um, and so yeah, like, quick, just be conscious of smacking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it was it would just it kept escalating. Um. And I remember the one time I got scared or when I finally got scared was I, he had a, he had gotten a job. So he was stressed out now too. And, um, he, uh, came home and I had made something for dinner and I didn't clean up after myself, like for us for dinner, Mm -hmm. like we, I made us dinner 
And um, I didn't clean up after myself after I made it. And he threw a pot at me and like started running towards me. And I remember that at that point I was like, okay, like this is scary. Um, And he was like, and I remember like I locked myself in the room and he like was just destroying shit outside of our bedroom. Like there was just shit being thrown. I just heard it all. And I just like locked myself in the room and I was like, I'm going to figure out a way out of this. Like, I remember thinking that, but maybe not fully making a plan. And then, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, (laughs) uh, we go to this party and I'm like, and I had like given up at this point. Like I was like, I had stopped resisting. Like he would yell at me, say horrible shit to me, like call me fat and stupid and like all kinds of shitty, shitty things. And I would just, I used to get mad back and like we would fight about it and it would just, then it would escalate, but I didn't want it to escalate anymore. And I was tired. I just like had quit defending myself. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he'd be like, go pick up the fucking broom that you left on the ground. I'd be like, okay. Like, I'm just like, go Jesus. do it. Um, and were you still thinking that you were going to spend forever with him? At this point, I don't think I could think about that. Like, I think, I think, okay. And here's this other thing that I actually felt like you can really relate to in a lot of ways. Anna is like, um, I felt like I'd already made the choice. Like I had already, I made my bed and now I needed to lie in it because mm-hmm. I had had sex with them. I was raised super <clears throat> conservative and I was like told that if I had sex with somebody, I'd better marry them. And I had, mm. and it was just This like, is the point where I've wanted to interject and I don't, I don't know if it's now or if it's in a little, in a little bit, but I mean, I know this story and it's so hard to hear because mm-hmm. you, I'm, you know, so close to you, but, but that's what I want to hit on is, is the pressure that you felt to stay the external oh, yeah. forces telling you you are living in sin, essentially. Oh, yeah. I mean, my mom literally was like, you know, I didn't talk to my parents for a lot of this time. Like, they they didn't want to talk to me. They were upset with me because I was living with him. But then they were also like, well, if you're going to live together, you better get married. And they also hated him during this time. So it was just like a really confusing set of of morals being thrown on to me. How much of what you're telling us do your parents know or did they know then? They don't know that that things got as physical as they got. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that they could have guessed. I mean, I had bruises all over my body. Like, I was, like, putting makeup on my arms and shit. Holy shit. But I don't... And and it wasn't... And I feel like I'm painting it to be more violent than it it seemed at the time. Like, he would just, like, grab me really hard and it would be, like, a bruise, you know? Like, um, but yeah. Anyway, so... um, just so we're clear, though, that is exactly, like, what it is. Yeah. It's not a that lesser is violence, version of violence. Sounds. That is yeah. violence. You know? No, I know. Is, I know. Yeah. And the sad part is, and when I think about this, too, like, it, he had, he stood no chance of being a good person at that mm-hmm. time. Like, he was abused, right? Like, growing up, like, and I, I learned more to the extent that he was abused the longer we were together. Um it, And, I mean, I it, it really, it broke my heart so much because he was he had this potential and it was just fucking ruined because he, he was broken, you know, but, and I think that's another reason why I stayed. I felt bad for him, which. Oh, you assumed his emotional baggage. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I tried to help him find his real father. There was like all these things that I was like, got getting myself in ingrained into because I wanted to help him in a way, but there's just no helping that. That's when empathy Um, becomes detrimental. Oh yeah. And for sure. We put a lot of praise onto that word. And something that I aspire to be, mm-hmm. I say it all the time, but no, to I, what extent? Well, I didn't, I didn't have the wherewithal to love myself more than him at that point. I didn't because I just didn't know what that even meant. That was never taught to me. 
it was like, you love God and you love people. And, and I was betraying everything I thought I was supposed to be doing anyway, by living with this person and having sex with him and like all of this stuff. And so I thought I needed to like commit to this and like see it through, I guess, in a way. And so it was really, I felt that way for a while. But then I started to not feel that way. Like, I mean, little time passes when you're not living at home with your parents and you're like, see the world and you're like, yeah, no, fuck this. <laughs> this is not how I'm going to end up. No. And so I remember having those thoughts, but I was just so beaten down by the whole experience at that point that I just, I didn't have the energy to, to change it yet. Um, until like it all hit like a climax and um, I got drunk at a party and some guy was like dancing on me and I just didn't stop him for all of like five seconds or something. And um, I look over and I see, I see Jay like looking at me and I was like, he's going to kill me tonight. <laughs> like I remember like thinking that and I remember I just started crying and I'm like in public, my whole, like my cousins are there, like other people are there and they're like, what's wrong? Like what's going on? And he like sees me and like starts running towards me and I run away and then like I'm outside at some point and he like drives off in our car in my car because we're sharing a car too what was the look on his face Mm -hmm. it was fucking terrifying it was like like you seen it before oh yeah but never like I never cheated on him and so whenever like it never had happened in it was never I felt like he would have felt justified to do anything at that point because I was like acting like that with some guy or something Mm -hmm. And so that scared me because he found many justifications to do a lot of terrible things. And so I was like, well, and, and I remember even thinking like this guy better leave. Like, I don't know. This is scary. And he was a big dude. Like my ex-boyfriend was like six, two and like pretty big at the time. And so he was kind of scary. And um, anyway, so we were, uh, we were at this party and he starts like, he sees me and then he drives off and I'm like, I don't know like at least he left and I'm like, I'm just like crying. And weirdly enough, his friend at the time, who's like his close friend is like, I don't want you going back to your apartment tonight. Like you can't go. I'm, I'm nervous for you. Like just stay at my house. And I'm like, well, I need to go get my car keys and need my car because I have work tomorrow. And he's like, all right, I'll take you back there and we can get your keys and then you got to go. And so I go back to my, my apartment and my car is there. So I knew I thought he was there. But he wasn't showing up or, or he, he wasn't there when I walked in. Like, I didn't hear him. I thought maybe he, like, left or something. So I see my car keys and, like, go in the bathroom to try to, like, get, like, a toothbrush and stuff. Um, and I hear him, I hear a door close and I'm just like, fuck. And so I slam the bathroom door shut and um, I hear him, like, screaming at me and calling me a whore and, like, all this shit. And he's like, you're going to go fuck Wes now. Like that's like his friend's name. And I was like, no, like, I'm just not going to stay here, you know? Um, and so he's like screaming at me through the door and I'm just like sitting on the edge of the bathtub and I'm just like, I guess I'll just wait for this to stop. And then I like, he wouldn't stop and I needed to leave. And so I'm like standing in front of the door and I was like yelling back at him at this point. I was like, just let's talk about this tomorrow. Like, like, I just can't, I need to go. And like, this isn't healthy. And then he punched through the door and I'm like staring at his fist like this close to my face. And he's like, that's your face, cunt. And like screaming at me. And I remember being like, I think we should see other people. (laughs) (laughs) This would be a good time to break up. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like. (laughs) (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm like. And 
I'm like, well, this isn't going to go good. And so the door is like broken at this point. <laughs> and I, he, I thought he was going to come through the door and kill me. Like straight up. I was like, this is where I die. <laughs> and, um, but he didn't, he ran away. Like he like punched through the door and then he like ran out the front door. And I was like, just like standing there with like toothbrush and stuff. And I was just like, okay. And I like walked out the door and got in the car with his friend I got in and went to their his apartment and like his friend's roommate like saw me and like I must have looked insane like mascara also mind you I'm like 19 in club clothes <laughs> so all of this this whole scene is horrible and I'm like mascara down my face like holding my toothbrush probably have one shoe on and he's like his roommate is like do you want a Xanax and I was like yes please too if you have them and he just handed me two Xanax and I passed out on the couch and I woke up the next day at like 6 p.m. And I had missed work. I didn't had like, I was like, still didn't have any real fucking clothes. And I remember like, I called these two girls that I was friends with in the dorms before that hated. They told me to leave Jay, Jay. Jay a million times. We'll edit that out. Um, they told me to leave him a million times. But I, so I finally, I called them. I'm like, hey, I left can I stay on your couch? And they're like, yes. And so they let me come sleep on their floor for, I don't know, a month almost. And I, all my shit is on their floor. They brought me back to go get it. And, um, it was like the lowest point in my life, right? Like my life had blown up. My parents, I called my parents and I told them, I was like, Hey, I left him. Like, I need to find a place to stay. And they're like, okay, we'll come down in like two weeks and we'll help you look. Um, just like, you know, sit tight. I'm like, okay. So two weeks later, um, my parents come down and I'm like, you this know, is where I start smiling. Again. I know. <laughs> and so, um, my parents come and we start looking at all these apartments and we finally get to the Bellagio and I'm like, <laughs> we go and we meet the like leasing agent and she takes us to this one apartment and we, she's like, these are two girls. They're really nice. And I think you might like them. And she like opens the door and they had clearly just had a party the night before there's like a six foot bong in the corner and like beer cans everywhere and like a beer pong table and the girl like opens it my parents like look in and I'm like and they're like huh and she closes it she's like we have another one to show you (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay so she like we walk upstairs to the unit directly above them and we open the door and it's like beautiful and pristine like the walls are painted it's like decorated nicely and like there's like three girls sitting on the on the floor and like um watching shows about hard drugs and probably locked up and like my mom's like oh this is much better i'm like yeah and i remember katie was there and lee was there and lee was like immediately gets up and she like pops up she's like hi i'm lee (laughs) i was like hi and then so she starts talking to me and she's like so what's your major? What are you doing? And I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> like I'm barely like functional. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's like, Oh my God, that's my major too. Blah, blah, blah. And so like, we start talking. It's <laughs> like, major's also, I'm barely functional. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> pretty, much. pretty much. If we have a similar story. And so like, I don't know. She's like, um, <laughs> she's like talking to me, talking to her ear off. And I just see Katie, Katie's like sitting on the, on the, on the couch like this, like staring at me <laughs> and like, <laughs> And I'm like, hi. And she's like, hi, I'm Katie. And like, she was nice, but I could tell she was just like, hmm. <laughs> and then um, I actually asked the apartment complex. I said, is there nowhere else she can go? <laughs> Why? Why did you have that? I liked our situation. Because they were using, so my, room. Up, they were using my room as a closet. I had an extra closet. Right. Yeah. I, 
Oh, yeah. It was a good little setup. Yeah. And so I had to, I forced them all to move their clothes out of their closet room so I could stay in it. And so um, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is where I'm going to land. My parents are like, cool, we're happy with this. And then um, like a couple weeks later, I just, I moved all my stuff in and got to know her and Lee and Leslie and we became like best friends over the course of a couple of months. And it turned out so fucking well, it could have been so horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, I had just come from such a, from chaos, <laughs> such a horrible situation and I could tell them about it and I knew they didn't judge me and they were strangers essentially. And it was such a good feeling. But yeah, and I remember you were there like my second yeah. my second day or second for night. A hot second. Yeah, you were there story. for <laughs> right. Change. Anna was there too. I remember Anna coming over and singing. And I remember like sitting on the porch. I'm like, how did I end up here? <laughs> like Anna singing. These three girls are like making me like wine. And they're like giving me like stuff and like, like do you want any food? I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it was like, it was it went so well. But yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I don't know. So it, anyways, it started, started out as a really, really fucked up thing, a really horrible story, but it honestly led me straight to where I was supposed to be. And I feel like that is the good part. It Um, is the good part. And there, there are parts of, there are little parts of Hannah's entry into my life that I remember, like she had a stack of paper plates We had cabinets full of like dishware. And hmm. she would always just go to the pantry where she hid like her, her paper plates, her napkins, her plastic forks. And I, I just finally remember saying like, you know, we, we've got plates. You can use our plates. They're your plates now. I was scared to use people's things in their apartment at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you to feel settled with us? Not too long. Um, probably, I mean, honestly, because you guys were so welcoming, um, maybe a couple of months. I, I felt like I felt super comfortable after like three months, maybe, maybe a little longer, but yeah, I don't know because I just didn't know. I was really nervous to get comfortable because you just never know. I don't know how to explain it, but I remember the plates thing. But I don't remember anything else about getting to know you. It's like I just have known you. Well, you left pretty quickly to go to Italy. Maybe that's why. Yeah. And then you came back and we were tight. But you left pretty quickly. I think we were you were only there for maybe a month and a half before Mm -hmm. you were gone for three. So when you got back, we were tight. But I I do remember like being made fun of because I ate Chef Boyardee every day because I was so fucking poor. Because the other part is my parents were like, we'll help you find a place. And I was like, cool, y'all are going to like help out, right? And they were like, psych, no. Mm. And so, like, I remember being like, yeah, this place is really nice. This is the one I want. And they're like, then I was like, oh, wait, I have to pay rent, right? Okay, cool. So I was so poor, like, the first, like, six months we lived together. And um, because I had lost that job because I didn't show up the next day. Um, so I only had one job at that point. Which one? And, um, the uh, Classic Cuts. I lost, uh, yeah, I didn't show up to Victoria's Secret. Mm, and It's probably for the most of Yeah, it fucking sucked, so I don't care. But yeah, um, and I, so I had to, I had one job and I was just like trying to like barely even get through. But then you came back from Italy and you didn't have a job either. And we were super poor. So we just would buy shit with quarters and just mm-hmm. make it happen. Mm-hmm. Cheese cubes and yes. two gallons of gas. $8.25. <laughs> I just coasted everywhere I went. Yeah. If it wasn't downhill, I wasn't going. Right. In college. Wait, I, why quarters? Where did you guys get a bunch of quarters? So, she, the story about the quarters, and actually this is a couple years prior. I guess I just sort of... Years worth of quarters? Okay. Kept going. My freshman year of college, 
I spent a lot of money Uh (laughs) that didn't necessarily belong to me. (laughs) And I came home after my first semester, my parents' money. And I came home after my first semester and they, they were like, you're done. No more. They gave me a cool whip container full of change and sent me back to school. So I carried this cool whip container to like 7-Eleven and the bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. Someone would think, yeah. maybe I should take some of this out at a time. No, Katie's like, let me carry the entire cool whip around <laughs> with me. You did that for real? You went to yes. a bar with the cool oh, whip yeah. container? Of cor- of we course. went to Cafe on the Square with the with the cool whip container. It wasn't a cool whip. It was in a tin at this point, Blasi. Although we were in 50. a pajamas. <laughs> Right, the the container of change was the classiest part of our situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. High class. (laughs) We were. But yeah, I mean, we we bonded when you got back, I think. Uh I think so, too. You know, I remember before I went to Italy, I I had to go to Italy with long mermaid hair. Like, Mm I had to. And, um... (laughs) I went and bought uh, I bought, I bought some like, oh really God. long extensions. I'm like, Hannah, you work at a hair salon, right? <laughs> so I got thread cutters and I cut off all the clips and I bought glue and Hannah glued. Oh yeah. And I, cause what? I had done that for someone else before and I was like, I can glue those bitches in. Don't worry. I she got glued you. these extensions <laughs> into my head. Yeah. Being a girl's weird. You Down cut here. the clips off that came with it. Yeah. So you put them in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Cause okay. I, they just seemed too temporary. Right. I mean, the glue idea to put clips on I didn't wash my hair for a month. (laughs) I did not wash my hair for a month. When I got home from Italy, I I was asleep and it was 2 a.m. and I just woke up. My head was itching and I just started screaming and I just started ripping the extensions (laughs) out. Oh my God. (laughs) It looked like something out of The Exorcist. It was fucking crazy. And then I had glue, like I yeah. I remember the glue in my hair for months. <laughs> this isn't Elmer's. I mean, you guys have a specific no. It wasn't. Glue. No, it was a hair glue. It's a hair glue. You, you don't worry. This isn't. Insane. Don't worry. No. Don't worry. We're not. No. What do you mean? <laughs> don't ask this stupid question, Greg. <laughs> this isn't the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. This is totally normal. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I I just can't. I've heard the story many times, mm-hmm. but hearing it today, especially with you introducing your fairy tale in the front of it, me too. Is is it a whole different. new light because you were asleep, you were numb to this, yeah. and you woke up when he did not kiss you, but thrust his fist through the wall. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that, that is, was your wake up. That yeah, was there was definitely up. like a snapping moment, and because I had thought about leaving so many times, and and had like left for a day, and and or like you know said I was going to leave a million times before, but like something snapped, right? Then. Like something really snapped, and I couldn't have gone back even if I wanted to. Like it was done. I think this story also gets harder to hear as we get older. One, because we grow up as, right. you know, and we hear it through different ears, kind of like each year. But what hits me hard now is that you were a baby. Oh, 100%. That's why it's harder for me to tell it now because I was so young. And also, like, part of me feels like I need to say, like, I the point of the story is not to make this person seem like a total piece of shit, even though he was to me at that time. But, like, he was a baby too and severely damaged mm-hmm. and still is actually I'm pretty sure he's getting married to someone else now. It's a whole other thing. But like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he, he was a baby too. He was 21 years old and really damaged, really not okay. And still probably is working through some of that stuff, but like, hopefully we, hopefully. And we were, you know, we were kids and hurting each other 
and not being responsible at all with our own emotions and feelings. And so a lot of that, I, I actually am grateful for that relationship because it taught me so much. And I mean, if I hadn't gone through that, I would have gone through a lot more dumb shit in my mid twenties, which still did, but it would have been dumber. And so, um, I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like this sort of weird gratefulness for having having had that experience because it was bad, but it could have been a lot worse. And actually, after that time, I I because I needed, I felt like I needed to make the experience mean something. Mm-hmm. So I started volunteering at all these women's shelters around San Marcos, and I heard stories that were so much fucking worse than mine, and and from people that I could really connect with and just like be like, wow, like I get why you're here, but I know you're gonna get better, like. Um, that and also like I became really interested in trying to do be a part of the CASA program for people for like kids like him who had been abused and should have left that home, you know, mm-hmm. when they were kids and didn't get the opportunity to. Um, I was too young, though, like I to be a CASA, I think you have to like be 26 or something. But um, that's a it's a course appointed special advocate for young for young people like kids who are going through like the foster system. And so you're basically like trying to be there and like monitor their experience and their foster with their foster family, as well as, um, you know, make sure that they're in a, they're going back to their home if it's safe and like, mm-hmm. you know, managing that situation because, um, you're basically advocating for them yeah. and nobody it's else really is. Right. And so, I mean, you can't, it makes sense. Like I wouldn't have been prepared emotionally or financially to do that when I was 20. But, um, yeah, I started looking into that a lot and started working at some of the shelters that I could work at. And it actually helped me a lot through that time to just put myself outside of my own experience and mm-hmm. yep. see people with real problems. Well, one of the ethos I think that we've determined for this podcast is that there is connectivity and pain. Is that when you realized that? A hundred percent. Once I've, the people I've told this story to have always, I, I want to say 50% of the time, they're like, me too. A hundred, I've gone through something like that. I've done that. Like sadly, it's my unique story. No, not at all. And and it's not even that's close. the biggest fairy tale, <laughs> right? Yeah, I just without, especially yeah. I, because of the, I don't know the 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 pain I or the 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 way I felt like I had to see this through was certainly as a result of like watching the fairy tale ending of so many things and thinking like oh this is just the pain before it gets good and it'll get Mm -hmm. better like eventually I'll get to a place where this isn't terrible Mm -hmm. and that's just not true um but you know that's what I believed it's what I feel like a lot of young girls believe it's like Mm -hmm. eventually the pain will be over it'll get easier not necessarily a thought that's in vain I mean that's the survival mode that we can access to get you to move out to right you know get you to leave a bad situation Hmm. Yeah, I find it interesting that you still seem to make excuses for him. I do too. Like it's a borderline. I don't. Uh, it's like there's, oh, there's a borderline no excuse between, for what he did. He there's was a borderline horrible. between explaining like why he did something, and then there's like making an excuse for him. And it's you're still kind of making excuses for him from my outsider's perspective. I mean, maybe so, but I don't feel like he deserves any kind of <laughs> excuse. Like I really mm-hmm. don't. I think he's he's. Not, I'm not the only person he's done this to. I know for a fact, and the epilogue to this story is he went on to date and fuck like three of my friends and do similar really shitty things to other people that I knew. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't learn from me, not at that time. Um, You know, from what I know now is he is like getting married to somebody and I just would hope that like he's grown up and he's fucking 30 now. I hope so. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I, I don't. 
I guess the hopefulness in me wants to wants to explain his behavior and hope it got mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. I'd not necessarily think that he deserves any kind of excuse or anything for doing that because there's there is no excuse. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that whenever we were together we would talk about a lot is like your childhood was shitty. I get it. Okay, your childhood was shitty. I get it. Okay, but it's over. Right. Your childhood is fucking over. What right. are you going to do now? At what point are you owning your yeah, adulthood and your actions? Exactly. Yeah. And and so, um, I mean, easier said than done, but shit, at least you have to try. And you mm. never was willing to do that. And so my hope is that eventually he was willing to do that. I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it would take a lot. I would be surprised if it went that way, but I would hope so. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't mean to make excuses for that behavior whatsoever, but I just, I felt like I, once I was out of the situation, I saw, like, how someone's shitty actions to him turned into shitty actions to me, turned into shitty accent, like, his shitty actions to somebody else, you know what I mean? And so I just wanted to break that cycle or at least have a hand in it. Yeah. Um, There's a part of, of understanding or even healing I mean, that and, is dependent on like rationalization well and it's like and, i've forgiven him right like i'm past I, I've, I've done a lot of work to get here but i've forgiven him like it's it, it's not it's not anger that i hold on to um, i mean i can access that anger because it came out of me and it has come out of me because of that situation multiple times but it's not anger that i hold on towards him like it's just more anger towards myself for not seeing it sooner not getting out sooner yeah but Towards him, I don't feel it. I feel sadness for him. Like, even when he punched through that door, I remember thinking, like, I remember picturing, like, a little a little boy being, like, not getting his way. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. And I was like, you're, this is sad, and I'm not going to do this anymore. But- I think what's hard for us to grasp, because we've been told these stories with a very specific beginning and a very specific end, right? We, we don't, um, we don't know when the fairy tale or the fairy fail is over. Right. It's it's like we're only seeing snippets in time of what mm-hmm. that person or scenario story is. And I think we just have that hope, like you still do. I hope that he has found the happy ending of feeling peace about right. this because I've been taught that that's what needs to happen at the end of the story. Right. Everyone lives happily ever after at some point. And whether that means healing from an abusive childhood or whatever... We still hope for that. And I love and hate that. No, you're absolutely right. And I actually, I was reading something the other day and I wish I could remember who it was so I could quote them, but they were like, yeah, everything's great. And in all these princess fairy tale stories and you find the prince that they live happy, happily ever after, but nobody goes to the part where like they have two kids and they don't haven't had sex in three months. Right. <laughs> you know, like nobody goes past the happily ever after that you found each other. Now what scenario or like so-and-so gets fat and you don't want to have sex anymore. Or like, or so-and-so cheated on the other person like nobody takes it past the beginning of like you found each other now what like does it go anywhere does it does it should it you know none of that gets talked about because that's where all of the movies end because <laughs> it truly is a series yeah. it's not one story it's right. a subsequence of course and everybody's Stream coming into the story with their own right and and that just with their own baggage right yeah, yeah. It's someone said real. to me last night i was kind of explaining this concept and and they were like uh well, what what's the fairy godmother's backstory? I mean, why is she oh. why is she like stage mom for Cinderella? What's right. her shit? You know, like why didn't she go to the ball herself? Right. Uh-huh. Every, you know, everybody's coming into these stories with a backstory. 
so did Jay hurt people, hurt people. We say, Hannah, right. you and I say that all the time. It's so true. I mean, and yeah, the fairy godmothers in this story in particular, I mean, I can pick them out. His grandmother bought us groceries like nine times. My mom was like, Miriam, even though she knew it was a bad idea. Like my, my grandmother sent for my birthday, sent me a dollar in the mail and wrote in a card, I'm sorry to hear your roommate is not a girl. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Wow. You know, like these are the kinds of the people that were pushing their agendas onto yes. this. Sent that... you a dollar with <laughs> yeah. that note. Yeah. And she's not senile. Oh, no, she wasn't then. That but, was I to mean, send a message. Yeah, she, wow. I mean, R.I.P., you know, she died. Received. But, um, it was, not you. <laughs> but, um, it was, it was fine. I mean, honestly, I expected some kind of reaction like that from her. Um, yeah, those are the fairy godmothers in my life, like, putting this, like, enabling us, confusing me morally. Like, all of those things were happening, and I was very impressionable. I mean, I was young. So, I mean, it, it's weird how how the uh, the external stuff can affect you now when 100%. you look back on it. But yeah, I mean, 100%. I, when it, honestly, the people who got me out, the people who gave me the courage to leave and get out of that stuff were my friends, like 100% my friends. They were even friends I don't talk to anymore. They're like, sleep on my floor for a month. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Sam and Kim, shout out to Sam and Kim, because they literally helped. That I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. And what you guys, what you guys know about Hannah, but whoever's going to maybe listen to this might not is that Hannah is now that person. And I mean, to me, this is, gosh, there's not a lot that's funny about this story, but it's so important to tell. (laughs) But I mean, this is the, this is the most full circle story of all. I know. Full circle stories because I know this couch would be open to me. You've talked me through situations. I mean, you, you made the transition. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of me that's really grateful that I, that I experienced that because I feel like I learned so much that I, and I, and I was so grateful for the help that I did get that I feel like I'm hundred percent want to be there for anybody who's, who's gone through something that, that painful and needs just like the hand that's there no matter what, you know, this like, is the I, shit people don't like to talk about, but it's so important. And I'm just so grateful yeah. you told this in <laughs> such a vulnerable way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Thank I've told you. it a lot, so. <laughs> you have, but this was a powerful rendition. Good, I'm glad. I hope somebody can hear it and at least identify to a certain degree and know that it's going to be okay. That's the whole point. Yeah. Thank you. This episode of the Fairy Fails <laughs> podcast is also brought to you by Pokemon Go. <laughs> Pokemon Go is the global gaming sensation that has been downloaded over 800 million times and named best mobile sued game. For this? <laughs> Excuse me, well, they're not going to give us our ad money if we interrupt the copy. Best mobile game by the Game Developers Choice Awards and best app of the year by TechCrunch. Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, Pikachu, and many other Pokemon have been discovered and you need to find them. Search far and wide for Pokemon and items in your neighborhood. It's time to get moving. Your real life adventures await Pokemon Go. Your real life adventures await Pokemon Go. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Augmented reality oh, game. My oh. god. Alright, fam. That was episode yeah. two. Thank wow. you, Hannah. No problem. Yeah, thank Great. you. Love thank you. you. Love you too.